This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. I would like to acknowledge that the Main Hustle Media Podcasts are recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa, the Chumash, and the Tongva people. And I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. There we go. <laughs> well, see, she can't look at me when I do this. I can't thing. look at her. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Blurred Comics, the podcast about blackness and blurred shit from a couple of mixed black blurreds. It is I, Blurred Vision, that right there. Oh, look, you pointed in the right direction. <laughs> Charmaine Fury, the Blazer Blurred. And today we are joined by guests that we um, connected with, I guess it was 2019 is when we is when we met uh, J.D. Banks from the Black Nerd Expo at Miracosta College in Oceanside, <laughs> California. Yay. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> so um, back in 2019, I think you hit us up on the Instagrams and invited us to exhibit at, um, I don't know if that was the first one, but it was one of the Black Nerd Expos we got to go. And then immediately after that, it hit. Uh, COVID, so we didn't get to. It was like the last thing we did. Oh wait, no, that was twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. That yeah. was twenty twenty. So it was the last <laughs> yeah. event we did before yes. everybody found right out. Before. Um, that's right, because I remember somebody coming up and going, "Can we shake hands, or are we not touching?" Like it was, it was like we just were learning just about start. it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, and then we got to pick uh, uh, participate virtually this year. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves, and then let's get into it. Hi, I'm JD Banks. Obviously. Um, <laughs> I'm the creator and one of the organizers for the Black Nerds Expo at Miracosta College in San Diego. Um, I'm probably like one of three like Black convention like organizers in San Diego. So it's kind of cool to be part of that very <laughs> small crowd. Uh, <laughs> so I was really glad that y'all could join uh, in 2020 and 20 uh, this year, actually, for virtually. Yeah. Um, y'all were like a special guest. You had your own little page there. So that was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt fancy. Uh, It actually started in 2018, actually, as part of uh, programming for Black History Month at Maricosta College. And I wanted, I've always wanted to do something like a big event that was around like Black nerds, but I wasn't very confident at the time of doing it until Mm. I went to um, Kid Comics' Black Comics Days. And so that kind of, when I met the, the creator and organizer for that one, from kid comics uh i was just like yes like i i I think i can do this and i I, for its first two years i did it on my own i did all the planning i did all the organizing i found all the people i ordered stuff i paid stuff and and just promoted it made the flyers logos everything so i did everything myself the first two years and then the third and fourth year, I finally had like a committee. So made up of like nice. students and faculty, staff and community members. And so it was really, it's it's been a real like roller coaster in yeah. terms of like how much has changed and how much has grown in the past like four years. So I'm super excited about it. <laughs> so did you, so did you do this as a, as a admin or a teacher there or a student or just they gave you space? How, how did that happen? So there's a lot of history and heritage months at Miracosta College, and the department that I work for is the one that mostly uh, creates them. Uh, but it's usually made up of com- each month is like by a committee. So I was on the Black History Month committee. And so 
Um, I was just like, we got to do something other than like a presentation, a lecture, a workshop, uh, uh, something bo- not boring, you know? So, right, right. <laughs> and I was like, and I know there's like a lot of black nerds out there because like, they're still in like the black communities. It's just like nerdism's kind of still seen as like, oh, that's like white people stuff, you know? And, mm-hmm. or that's like, that's like, give me back your black card, you know? Like, it's just like, I like Star Trek, so what? You know, like, right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you, okay, so it's okay for you to like basketball and football, but it's not okay for me to like Star Trek and Star Wars. Right. Like exactly. that, you know? Right. <laughs> it's okay for you to let, have, know the stats of every baseball player, or every, like, whatever sport thing you got, but it's not okay for me to know every Pokemon on the <laughs> right. <laughs> Pokemon Go. So I'm right. like, it's- yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, right? It's like, it's everyone has a different preference and it's okay to have your preference and to be who you are, you know? Yeah. So so that's one of the messages and and things that we have behind uh, Black Nerds is like, it's okay to be a Black nerd. There's nothing wrong. It doesn't make you any less Black. You are Black, you know? Like, so <laughs> just enjoy it. And um, also, why can't we enjoy shit? Like, that's that was always, yeah. the, like, that's the whole thing right. behind us even creating this show together. Like, we've known each other since we were kids, but we didn't know each other were nerds. Like we kept that secret from each other because we, we just grew up when you couldn't be a nerd. Um, And so now that we get to do, well, now that we're out of the closet about being nerds nerds and stuff like that, like we can really get into it. And I like all I think about, and especially the first time that we got, well, the time we got to be in the room with everybody it was just so much fun. Like it was just fun. Cause we were, we were next to like, there was a cookie lady on one side mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was the nope. kitchen. <laughs> and then on the other side of us, there was the podcaster that does the coffee shop podcasts. Oh, it's Quantum Linkford. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, you know, we got to, we got to chat, we got to be nerdy together. He was drawing while we were just sitting there talking and stuff like that. It was just a lot of fun. And then we met the, the nerds and hip hop guys and, and stuff like that. It was just, it was just, fun to be able to nerd out and be like that and we also had a few we even had a few mixed folks come up to us specifically because like we i i don't know that anybody else was necessarily the mixed black nerds there (laughs) except for us but we had a couple we had a couple come through and they were like excited that there was like you know some mixed ones some mixed folks out there and stuff like that too so it was just a good time i was just so glad that a space like that existed because uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember when the Oakland one happened, but that was the first West Coast Black nerd event I have been a part of. Um, I haven't yeah. even gone to the thing in Oakland yet. I know it exists, but I haven't even gone there yet. So we just don't have it on the West Coast. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because like you're all like, I remember walking past uh, when you're in person um, in 2020. And I was like, oh my gosh, word, mix, yes, yes, yes. Because I'm mixed too. I, I'm Filipina and Black. So I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, the well, Blasian in the house. It's the Blasian's time right now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because my boss is also Blasian too. She's oh, like, really? Nice. So I was just like, all right. Like, I've been meeting so many, like, Blasians all over the place now. So they just come out of the woodwork ever since I started. Like, Black That's amazing. Expert, and I was like, oh my God, my heart. Uh, but... <laughs> It's it's really great that that's like that was the first time. So the 2020 Black Nerds Expo was the first time where we had a bigger space. Like before, it was mm. just in a, like two little rooms, and we only had ten vendors. And and still, even and I only had two months to put together the first one. 
So okay. I was just like, okay, oh. I got to find people that's here on a weekday to come in for a few hours. And then I got to publicize it. But we have and 30 people show up anyways. And I was just like, oh, well, okay. I guess it, there's a gap here, you know, that mm-hmm. gets a fill. And so the difference between the Black Nerds Expo and any other convention or expo is that one of the missions is to take the conventional convention model and flip it. And so one of the things is that we remove barriers for vendors and for attendees as well. So like vendors don't have to like pay for a space. They don't have to bring tables and chairs and lug all this other stuff that is just like should just be there anyways. Like yeah. if, if the vendors aren't there, ex- exhibitors aren't there, there's no exhibition hall. Right. There is no right. reason why a lot of people are thing. So I'm like, why are we punishing? Like, especially small businesses and stuff. Like right. it it should be a given that they don't have to pay for a space because it's already hard enough for them just to do everything else. You know, I to don't. make stickers and buttons and shirts stuff, that takes money, effort, and labor money like it's just yeah. a lot of stuff right money and also yeah, money and, and also money, money and then money yeah money. and it's like okay like if if we want to set up experience that's great we have to think about like two different areas I, and i i was a business major i had like i have a, a in business but i'm like looking at like you have your your internal your external like customers in this case the internal customers are the exhibitors make them happy so that when attendees come up they're not just like i'm thinking about you know making ends meet i'm thinking about like how much i might be losing at this i'm trying to like break right. even at least like that experience is very different from this is free oh well, oh hey what's up you know like yeah we, we could just stuff. relax like, yeah, yeah, we really so, could. I, yeah yeah and, I and that was that. so great i was so happy to have you there and everyone else there because like i said if there's no if there's no exhibitors there's no vendors there's no there's, that hall does not exist and did, going it, to comic cons oh sorry you go ahead. No, I was like, it did have that vibe where it was just like everybody was there to have fun and to intermingle and not to be like okay we're we're here to make money make sure that you know show the you know show this we have to you know make back what we put into being there you know what i'm saying it was just it was it was a nice flow to him. or even being the right kind of nerd because going to all the comic cons like we we have not exhibited together at one of the at comic cons yet we've just showed up there but we i've exhibited at uh comic palooza here in houston because I, I moved to houston recently uh for my comic book shop that i used to own but have given it up recently um and it was like whether I'll tell I'll tell the story a little bit, but um, it's a it was just like whether or not we were the right kind of nerds and you know to be there and yeah there was a lot of pressure like we we luckily broke even at that place but we I guess it was more about introducing our shop to the community because at this until until we created our shop there was no black owned um, comic book shop mm-hmm. in Texas. And in our case, it was the Black-owned, Glacian-owned, queer-owned comic book shop in Texas, the very first one, and so or the only one. And um, But yeah, there was so much pressure to exist in that space where yeah. when we went, when we got to go to, to uh, Black Nerds, it was just, it was kind of like going to the family reunions where like you only knew a handful <laughs> of people, but all these people you were related to. We know, like, yeah, we, yeah exactly. right? It had that thing, like we got to be friendly with everybody, but like we didn't know most of the people there, but we just had, we just got a chance to have fun and we didn't have to like prove our nerd and shit like that. Like, you know, yeah. it happens to us a lot. Um, but related to my comic book shop, 
I moved here to Houston to, I, I have been working on it for two and a half years altogether, but I moved here to Houston in July of last year to open it up. And then we got to a place where we're big enough to pay for the shop, but not us. And then related to my other podcast, which I may invite you to be on there now that I know that you're Blasian, Militantly Mixed, I started getting awards and I started getting offers of, you know, attending different places. And I didn't want to be a burden to my shop, you know, jump and ship every so often to go to a different events that I was being invited to and then just really alleviate the burden of like paying me to keep yeah. the store. So I'd rather the store exists, whether I am a co-owner or not. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I didn't expect to move here and then eight months later be like, Oh, I guess I'm like, give up my ownership, but it's yeah. for the best thing oh. for like the shop. It's emotional, but it's the best thing for the shop. And also my military mixed stuff, you know, things are popping off. So is what it is but it's still a black owned queer owned comic book shop in houston and that's what's important so there it is that's the goal yeah yeah Um, and then you know who knows i might do it somewhere else i like to move around a lot so i might end up doing it somewhere else at some point you never know you never know that's cool though yeah but this year we got to attend during virtually um and uh so we i think we didn't so blur vision he had softball with the kids so we ended up submitting a video um, yes, and thing. I played it too. I remember I saw it live. I got to watch it. So you did it through Twitch, and I thought that was really interesting because I wanted to try to do some kind of mixed uh, virtual conference, but I was like, I don't even know the first thing about how to get started. And so participating in that, I was like, oh wait, this might be attainable on Twitch. Um, so it was fun, and I got to watch a lot of the panels, the Afrofuturism um, thing. I sat in a couple other ones. I sat in, and it was it was a lot of fun um, to hear all those people talk. So. Like, what has changed for you within your nerddom? So I know that you, you do a little bit of cosplay, too, and, and stuff. I've seen some of the, the photos and stuff. What has changed in your nerddom since you started doing this? Uh, just, just like, people, like, either, like, now I'm, like, the resident, like, Black nerd on my campus and, like, <laughs> nerd and, like, and so like i have a little more freedom to do like some things like okay. for example for like may 4th i actually i changed into like a old republic like a star wars outfit nice. not, just from the top up you know not yeah. not so much the pants and the shoes i was like ah, i don't need to wear the boots it's too hot for that but like it's just like <laughs> but i was like yeah i'll just do half and half and everyone asked and it's like okay it's star wars day you know so like so I, I get to like embrace more of my like nerdum like forwardly like more blatantly and boldly at, cool. at like work at home at in my small business and stuff so but uh I think the weirdest is when people like I know it's gonna sound weird but it's like when people are like hey can you be on my podcast or like on my panel or my whatever and I was just like why like where <laughs> yeah I get that though <laughs> And I was yeah, just like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be there, you know, I'll be there. And, and, uh, because I don't really see like myself as like trying to like promote like black nerds or like anything else that I do, but as to say, it's, it's good. I think it's really good still, um, mm-hmm. from a business perspective to do, to do that. A lot of things that I do is actually from a business perspective, like even cosplaying is from a business perspective for me. Sure, yeah. A lot of people are like, like, oh, so you're a cosplayer. I'm like, no, not really. Like they're just like, and they're like, yeah. what? Like I was like. I cosplay only one when people ask me to at events or two at events where I'm tabling because I'm going to bring people right. to my table. So, right. so it's not really so much as like 
I'm cosplaying because I enjoy cosplaying. I do enjoy cosplaying, but I don't do it for that sake. I do it more for as a promotion or like to help right. like an event become right. like feel better. Like I, I someone had asked me to be like Wonder Woman Nubia for because uh, I have a whole full. I have like four full like cosplay outfits, and this nice. was the one that was like people was like highly recognizable, and people were just like like kids were running up to me like, oh my god. And I was just like, oh, hi, you know, hi, take a picture. Yeah, you want to hold the shield, this and that. But it was because my coworker had asked me to like, mm. show up that way. And it would help this uh, event that was for kids. So I was like, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah well, so I'm not going to say no to the kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like doing it, like it, even for the business purposes, like it's, it part, it's part of what elevates what it is that we do. Like we started this show because we wanted to talk about the kind of nerds that we are as mixed black nerds um, and just generally get into, actually we missed our icebreaker question. So we'll get back to that in a second. Um, yeah. Oh, there's an icebreaker uh, question. Okay. Yeah. Like ice is broke, but let's go ahead and bring yeah, it. Uh, but like I do too, like I show up, I call myself a baby cosplayer because I've never, I have yet to be like invited to cosplay somewhere, but I, you know, I show up, I do my, usually some kind of gender bended um, cosplay, like a lady gambit or lady joker or something like that. Oh. Um, and uh, and I'm gonna actually get into some more femme characters coming up soon, but I'm working on a Moon Knight, a Mister Knight, but you know, femme Mister Knight. Um, and I feel like that's part of like an extension of what we're doing, like a, a validation of the kind of stuff that we do, so that there's like there's a real nerd here, so you can come and pay attention to what it is we do. Um, Vision, you want to ask the icebreaker question that I blew right past? <laughs> I should. Okay. I just, I okay. just been, I just been listening. I, even, I don't remember what the damn question was. Look at me. The song. You got a little song for it and everything. Oh yeah. Like, I want to hear. Okay. I thought it was I no. Yeah. <laughs> no. It is I, no. It's specific to what we ask every week. It isn't. It, it well, I thought it was like something specific. Okay, but yeah, I got you. <laughs> it is. We got no is, plan yes. on this show. Yeah, we no, always yes. think we're gonna talk about something, and then we just end up having like a phone call between two yes. friends and stuff like that. Like it's that's what it is. Okay. Uh, but uh, we always like to ask. What have you done, Blurdy, lately? Ah, I got you. you. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What have you, Blurdy, okay, well, besides the Star Wars thing, obviously, because still made, right? So, yeah, yeah still made yes. counts. Uh, well, I, I guess something that's more low-key for me that's not, like, super open, besides, like, cosplaying and tabling and nerd events, is uh, I'm working, working on, like, a one-shot manga. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm like, there's some parts I'm like stuck on, and I'm like, uh, like even at work at lunchtime, I have like my, <laughs> I have my stuff with me, so like I eat, and I'm just like, okay, what am I gonna do with this part? And I'm like, that's that's pretty nerdy, cause like, <laughs> like yeah, good, that's good nerd. Manga. Yeah, yes. I just work for an anime and manga like uh, company too, so uh, for like almost ten years, and, and oh, so wow. I I have like a lot of experience like reading. And watching, and and uh, writing reviews and editing and stuff, and and even have a degree in art and everything. So I have like the art eye, you know. But mm -hmm. I realized that like sequential art, manga, comics, not my my forte. But then again, like no one starts off like perfect either. So, right. So right. this is like a good chance for me to like try to stretch my 
sequential art yeah. um, skills and just like just push something out good or not and um just see where it takes me or what i discover along the way so that's right. like my my nerdiest like creation thing right now um well, that's cool but, yeah but i'm also um healthy with planning a k-pop festival so okay. in july in san diego wow. yeah so that's pretty nerdy and the funniest part is like the committee is like made of like all black like women yes. <laughs> and i was just like what are you black girl magic right here that's awesome. k-pop event <laughs> well, oh, that's right. I, I sat and listened to the K-pop panel thing that you that y'all had too um, this this past year. But I'll, I'll say for me, going back to kind of something you said earlier in terms of you being involved in the creation of Black Nerds, like I was excited to find out that you were a woman. You know, like that that it isn't just you know. I mean, besides the fact that a nerd space is usually very cis white male heterosexual male and stuff like that, like. I've been a comic book person forever and I don't often feel validated in a lot of different spaces. I've worked at a comic book shop. I've owned a comic book shop. I go to all the cons and have since I was a kid. And yet I'm still constantly having to, to prove that kind of stuff. All my cats are named for Sith Lords. Like I'm always sitting there like, seriously, I am a nerd. Like leave me alone. Um, but when I found out that the thing was organized, you know, and I, like, I think I remember saying, oh, you're JD, like, because we'd just <laughs> yeah. been emailing up until that point and stuff. And so I was just like, that's dope. Like, that meant a lot to me in terms of being in that kind of space and knowing that it was another femme, you know, nerd. and I, I wish I knew you were Blasian at the time because I would have freaked out even further. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, that's exciting. That's really exciting. Also, yeah. side note, in LA, I'll be in LA this weekend doing the Blasian March. Um, so we're doing some actions in uh, in. LA this weekend at Crushing Square. So just a little side note. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it that is hard being in a space that is just like like all the comics like popular ones at least are mostly like white cis heterosexual like guys, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're just like Come on, like, can you put some flavor up in there? Like some yeah. salt, right. pepper, I don't right. know, something, right? Like it's just and and so Little like seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's part of the reason why I did Black Nurse too, is is just, just like part of it was like I also am looking at like how not just black nerdism as like as consumers, meaning like watching things and buying things and that's kind of it, but mm -hmm. being a creator, going past yes. being a consumer. And so like and part of it was also I'm hoping one day that black nerds could have like a lot of STEM jobs just for black yes. students to come in and be like, I walked into black nurse and I walked out with a job at yes. Vegas wow. or somewhere. That would you know? be so amazing. Yes. That's my that's one of my dreams, you know, for, for black nerds. And so and, and just not just populate like the nerdism part with black nerds, but also STEM with black nerds. Yeah. You know, that's that's really like I, I look at black nerds as a jumping point between uh between like the whole academia stuff and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and nerdism to like like a holistic life like yeah you, you can you can create something like there is there's a there's a guy that created a black guy that created a rap snacks for example mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of it but it has like every different flavor has a different artist on it like mm -hmm. one has Nicki Minaj or one has Cardi B one has a fabulous I don't know someone was like they're, they're kind of old but like <laughs> but still like rap snacks like and then they, they taste pretty good too 
And I'm like, that's super fly. Like yeah. you're an entrepreneur and you're a creator. So like, that's super fly. Like yeah. I'm also like telling people, showing people like you can, you got it. Yes. Yes. You're on mute. Bay, you're on mute. <laughs> I was telling her to get it. I was telling Rice to get it for me. No, I had to try them because I'm like, look at that. Salt, vinegar, barbecue, onion, garlic, cayenne. Pepper. I'm like, that's a lot wow, in one bag. And all you, all you, it, like, I'm not saying like to be a nerd, like, you don't have to be like, I'm, I'm going to design this toaster to, mm-hmm. to like become transform into like a, a bumblebee. Like, no, it doesn't have to be that. Although that but, would be dope. <laughs> yeah, that would be dope. Uh, a little scary because it's a little too AI-ish, you know? <laughs> so, like, but, but I mean, like going past just being, uh, using your black nerdism or your nerdism for your future. That's, yeah. that's really like my dream and vision out of black nerds is like take away barriers and help people go past being just a nerd and becoming using that nerdism to better their lives that's that's really what i want out of black nerds expo and so right now it's really on a small scale like just providing free stuff for like free uh booths and free admission for attendees and vendors so neither of them pick up the cost paying uh presenters and speakers like because usually at cons you don't get paid actually you're the one you're the one paying to get into the con like yeah 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 so I'm like, okay, like, and even some places they don't even have like a free press press pass, you know? So, right. so like really like now I'm like, you know about like Afrofuturism, I'm going to pay you. I don't care how much the amount, but I'm going to pay you for your time to be there and tell people yeah. about Afrofuturism. Like your knowledge is, is very important here. We had a, a presentation on NFTs and lots of people had so many questions about NFTs. Right. And, yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to bring in this. East Coast folks, the uh, PBS uh, media to come in and do a presentation and pay them. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like sit here and pretend like y'all aren't donating your time because time is something you can't buy back, but I am going to pay you for your time. And so all that, like, is just so important to me, just like, just even on a small scale, how do I help the black community? Even though it's the black nerd community, it's still a black community. Right, yeah. right. Still help others around better their lives too. So I love that. And I I mean, I also love like us accessing whatever our nerd is, you know, with like it doesn't matter, but it doesn't have to be comics. It doesn't have to be right. some of the things that we think of as necessarily nerd nerdy, but like to try to create something about whatever it is you geek out hard for and and allow us to exist in that without it being without the well, we don't have to answer the questions, but the fact that we get so many questions about, you know, how we access things. I mean, I, I owned the comic book shop and had people come in and ask me, do I read comics? You know, like this is the kind of stuff that just happens to us by nature of like us not looking like the, the regular nerd that they're expecting and stuff. So like turning whatever it is that we nerd into rap snacks, podcasts, like yeah. comic books, whatever. I mean, I remember like, wasn't the Black Monopoly guys, Blackopoly, weren't they there? Like, they yeah. were, they were funny because they called yes. me, the, the gentleman that, that, that started that whole thing, he called me like a few days before, like, like five days before. And he was like talking to me, like he was trying to sell me something. I'm like, bro, you don't have to sell me <laughs> Show <anything>. up. <laughs> 
just show up, like fill out the application of your vendor and just show yeah. up. Like you don't have to worry about anything. I mean, even providing food for vendors, you know, exhibitor yeah. and, and stuff like that. Like there's so many things when I, when it, all the cons I've been to, and I've been to cons, not just, um, I've been to cons around the country as well as outside the country. So I've been to like Comiquette in Japan and some other places. Oh, wow. So, so I'm like, I know what cons are made out of around the world. How do I make it different? to create, to take away barriers. Mm-hmm. And food's another one. Free parking's another one. Mm-hmm. People to help you take your stuff over, you know, to the, right. just to sit down. Or if you leave your table and you're by yourself, someone to sit down and help you. Like things like That's that. It. There's very small ways to change a convention and take away barriers. And I don't think people think about that a lot. Um, right. I, I do as a vendor, when I, when I was vendoring, I was just like, Oh man, I gotta pay this much. Ooh, you know, like I gotta bring my table, I gotta you bring chairs, to, I gotta bring my table. You have to weigh it. You have to weigh yeah. it. Yeah. And you know, and then when you come in, especially, you know, Black Nerds Expo is still kind of relatively new. Like, people don't know what to expect, except there's gonna be a lot of black people there, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right, right. Right, right. And so, um, and so there's sometimes where, you know, you're supposed to also know as a business owner myself, like you, you should know what your demographics are. You should know like what type of events work best in your favor. And sometimes like you don't know that until you get to that convention and you don't sell anything. And so it's very unfortunate, but it happened. And so I'm going to take away that barrier. Like you don't, you don't have to pay for anything, you know? And I mean, your time and distance, but I mean, if you're a business owner, you can use those business expenses, mileage, food and everything, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm still going to try to take away as much as I can so that you can enjoy the conference and the uh, convention and everything without having to worry. And yeah. so I, I'm really big on that. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you, it, it's felt like, cause that experience was, was so good. Like, I, I mean, I'm on board for any year that y'all have us too, Anyone. because it was just yep. so, so meaningful to be able to have a space and, and having exhibited in other places or even like moderating panels at places I've, I've done moderation of panels and um, I, I got a, a free drink at one, but I don't drink alcohol, but the ticket was only for drinking alcohol. Yeah. And I was like, okay, thanks. Um, you know, like things like that, where it's just, it's just that um, the expectation that we, we want to do this so bad that we'll do it for free. And yeah, I mean, sometimes we will, but it, it's meaningful to, to think that there is a, a, you know, somebody trying to think about what goes into the experience. Cause there's still expenses just to, get the products, you know, I mean, in our case, the first year we did, we were still trying to like get people to know that we existed. So we were like handing out stickers and stuff. And I remember one time, like a group of kids came and they like, can we get all the stick? Like they were grabbing all the stuff and you didn't want to tell the kids no, but at the same time, we're just like, okay. Um, so that's like five people that aren't going to get stickers or you know whatever. And so, um, things that we were just trying to give away just to get people to start paying attention to us at the time. And, uh, so it's appreciated because it, it did help us get um, some people engaged and stuff like that in, in our show. Because when they see blurred comics, M-I-X, they don't know what that is. Like, are we just being yeah. cute and trying to turn comics into into you know, M-I-X or is there a story behind it? And um, and then, of course, if they don't if they don't realize that I'm black, that doesn't happen very often. But if they don't realize that I'm black, you know, then it's like. Like if he walks away and I'm the one sitting at the booth, <laughs> um, <laughs> you 
you know, especially when we had to start wearing masks, that changes everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and here I am sitting there trying to be like, hi, I'm Blurred Comics. Um, so that's why we even have it in our intro to explain that we are we are both. That's what we folks. do. This. Um, but yeah, it's it, 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 it was really felt. And I, I appreciate what you that that was your intention. And also. It's a super black woman thing to do <laughs> to be thinking about like what, right, right. what we need in spaces. Like men don't think of that. White people don't think of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like as a super black sure. woman thing to do. Well, I mean, it's basically like, especially in the last two years with the committee, I just say, like when we first start out, I'm like, what do you want to see? What do you wish you you seen at mm. other events? And we just list them out and we try to figure out like what we can or can't do. And of course, it always depends now, like if it's in person or if it's online, like, and so obviously online, uh, in person, we can do a lot more, but um, it also creates more labor as well. So like, there's, there's like a pros and a cons of some of, some of the stuff that we end up listing out by, I say, in the beginning, at pretty much anything that I do when, when I'm like head, like chair, or whatever, in charge of something, I'm like, there's no such thing as like a bad idea, like just actually i'm going for quantity not quality <laughs> like let's just right, right. list it out i want to see what you got and then we're going to see if we can make it come true and if we can't make it come true maybe we can combine it with something or we can table it for another another event or another time and so there's some ideas that i was just like thinking about and then someone will have this amazing idea that comes out of nowhere it could be from a student it could be from a community member it could be from faculty or staff or someone and I'm just like, that is amazing. We'll just take that and run with it and just see where it goes. So I, I think that giving folks um, the the um, just room and flexibility to just like be like, I can dream first and then we'll see from there what will happen. Right. That That's really also, because um, like I said, there's internal, external customers. I'm always thinking about that, like even on the planning side and even the planning committee, they don't just, they don't do stuff for free either. I'm like, no, you're offering your time and, and your labor and your effort. Again, things that you can't buy buy back if you lose it, right? So instead I I send them like gift cards and like, I, I'm like if you recruit this many people or if you have like folks come in for volunteering or if you do this and that, like here, gift card, gift card, gift card. So like, and you get a gift card and you get a gift card. So like- <laughs> But I'm like, I'm always thinking about like, how can I help people that are doing like either in behind or in front of this committee? And I also think about that, not just for black nerds, but just in any space that I'm in, mm. whether I'm in charge or not, honestly. How do you fundraise for the, for the event so that you can do all this stuff? So for, for the black nerds expo, since it is part of black history month, uh, programming, there are funds set aside through Maricosta. For it. Oh, okay. Nice. and okay. yeah and then we also have sponsors every year um this past year we had like japan foundation jet program um and then we didn't have any like monetary donations but we we just had people like send stuff to us or offer like their labor and their um their time or their skills and usually it would cost like a lot of money but they were just like no you know like i'll waive it for this so they're sponsors mm -hmm. too okay. um 
yeah so if it's online it's way cheaper than when it's in person because i have to think about like food and like other signs and printing and all that stuff so luckily online is actually a lot cheaper and i was still able to pay the presenters i had to advocate to get more funding for them um but the years before when it was um the years before we if anyone was interested they could donate money and i mean anyone could donate money now but a lot of times it's like from my business or myself i also donate um my 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 money for the like gift cards yeah. and stuff like that because i think it's really important yeah. for others to still be given something for their time and labor <laughs> yeah so. that's appreciated it's unfortunate that you that you have to come out of pocket for it but at the same time i, I understand it, it. <laughs> it's yeah, like, i have an accounting certificate i figure it out <laughs> okay. yeah, she got it all man that, that makes it <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I enjoy, I enjoyed it a lot. And even just, um, I think the, what was fun about the virtual part, even though I did want to come back um, to, to San Diego area for that, um, what was fun was that I got to actually pay attention to the other stuff that was going on. Because um, right. I know that year there were, there was a panel room, but um, yeah. it, with the exception of what was happening in the main room, we didn't break off to to do that. We were just, you know, we that we were pretty new at, you know, exhibiting at that point. So we were just we just hunkered down for the whole day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to get to participate in the other things and and yeah, I guess I was excited about the K. I don't listen to K-pop really, but I was excited about seeing it because you know, Black Asian. It was just a it was just a way to feel like we were crossing in in some kind of way. And I guess there are a lot of Black K-pop fans. Like there are. I was surprised. Guys yeah. and girls, I was just like, yeah. and I'm, so now, like when I see people, they have like a BTS thing on their bag. I'm like, hold up, I got fire. You want to nice. Yeah. Festival? That's nice. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm missing out because, like, I do listen to J-pop and yeah. J-rock. <laughs> it's rare though to find like the, the, the K stuff. So I'm like, all right, I need to start getting into this because that's where all the that's where all the fans are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. K-pop. Well, I I say I'm a K-pop fan, but I'm really a K-hip hop fan, actually. Okay. So like, so I like like things like actually there's some Americans that are like Korean Americans that are in the K-hip hop game. Well, mm -hmm. well, Jay Park's is retired, but but uh, oh. like, <laughs> other oh, folks too. I listen to them and stuff. But I think people when they look at me, they always think I'm like very militant because I'm not like war or nurturing i'm like oh well whatever i'm not trying to be that but like, this is part of my i think mixed but... folks get accused of militancy like way more or or they get we get asked like why are you so militant because it's like we're sitting there <laughs> fighting for like multiple people to see us right, so, right. yeah, yeah, yeah acknowledge and like be part of family like finally a part of family right, right. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's why for me it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what kind of asian ablation is i'm just yeah. excited that we're like we're both out you know and i i don't look i so i get told often when i tell people that i'm black and japanese they'll say but you don't look like naomi osaka at all oh. this has been said to me like three or four times <laughs> because i guess to be a black asian i have to be darker skinned and stuff like that and it just so happens that this is the way that i came out um, but I was raised black. I was weekend Japanese and, and stuff like that. So like when weekend. I see other black, weekend Japanese, because you know I had to go to Bachan's house. Yes, like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that That's thing really of just trying to be seen in that space. So I get excited when I see 
I get excited when I see mixed people in general, but I get more excited. It doesn't matter what the Asian is, as long as they're black and Asian, I get I get even more excited. <laughs> I think I confuse people way too much <laughs> because yeah. I don't look like I'm mixed, but, and then like, they'll see my mom or like, I'll, like someone would say, like I'll, I'll hear someone speak and I'm like, oh, and I'll switch to Tagalog and I'll just like, oh, are you Filipino or Filipina? And I'll, like, and then like, I also, I live in Japan for five years, so mm. I can speak Japanese. So then like people hey. will see me talking to someone in Japanese and I'm just like, the hell like and then now i'm studying <laughs> korean and spanish because my my spouse is he's a he's mexican so like he speaks spanish and then i you know we're in southern california yeah so, like, <laughs> so i'm trying to like up my spanish so i can like speak to others and be oh, more wow. qualified in my job and i was like and then korean because i'm just interested in korean and right. my in-laws are korean so like uh not my, my brother's in-laws are korean so i'm like you know, like, yeah, I confused the hell out of people because I was right. switching to a different language and it was like, oh, and I was like, well, most Filipino, well, why do you know all this other language? That's oh, funny. I'm in Japan for, or I'm in the Korea, but this and that. And they're like, you're so confusing. Uh, I was that's like, funny. <laughs> Well, because oh, I yeah. didn't see it until you said it. Like, after you said it, I was it's, like, oh, yeah, weird. like, you know yes. what? Like, I think I can see that. The, yeah. But I get confused for uh, for uh, Filipino all the time, you know, because yeah. I'm, I have my features do kind of <laughs> so if they think i'm asian which isn't often they usually think i'm dominican but my hair is really straight right now too so now i'm starting to get asian so if they think i'm asian it's filipino right and i'll be like no it's black and japanese i'm like that's basically filipino um so even like like that's what that's, people just say shit like that to me it happens all the time i've even had filipino ladies like ask me if i have a husband or a boyfriend and then if if uh, at the time whenever if i said uh, yes or no they would be like oh i have a boy for you you're gonna get married it's gonna be great and then they find out oh, i'm yeah. japanese and they're like oh no 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 i'm sorry Never mind. i thought Never you were mind. nice like, what, what nice are girl. you doing no go away, <laughs> go away. Yeah. <laughs> But we actually grew up with a lot of black Filipinos, like at our at the school that we a went lot. to. Like yeah. there's a lot of them out there. So it's, it's they're probably all military fully. <laughs> we, we're all military like kids. Yeah. All military. That's, yeah. That's what, yeah that's military carry here. Both parents. Yep. Both, <laughs> like, both sides of the little, family. Yeah, they're like, How are your little Filipino mom? Like military Alice, she was a foreman, aka like the nurse. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Oh, so part like, of the big wave of Filipino nurses that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was a dietitian, but it's really funny because I think sometimes I used to hate like being like, how come I don't look Filipino enough or I don't look anything, you know, I don't look mixed enough, right? And then when I went to the Philippines, people automatically started speaking to me in Tagalog first and that tripped me out. I was just like, that's amazing. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I just can't tell you in Tagalog. Like, I just like, I know, oh, okay, it's okay. I can talk to you in English. I'm like, oh, okay. nice. Uh, so I was like, yeah. like, like, that's, that is super trippy because I've been to other countries and it's like black American. That's it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. No. Like, that's awesome. Though. Know, but, that is not there. Like all kinds of people. Like there's so many different appearances that Filipinos can have because of yeah. how, much, well, how anyway, many yeah. waves of colonization <laughs> the Philippines has suffered too. Um, yeah, there's like hella black Filipinos and all the way down to the palest of the pale. So that's cool that you get. Is it? Does that feel validating to go to? To go there and have people call you does actually i felt more validated going outside the united states um, and away it. from everyone else yes because when i was in japan the first time i heard like an actual like real affirmation about my blackness it wasn't from my parents it wasn't from my siblings no no my family said this not 
the people, unless they're guys trying to get at me or whoever, they, this kid, this, I, I remember I was going around this, like, I was on an island school. So, like, I had to take ferry for, like, 15 minutes to island <laughs> to school. And this kid was chaperoning around, and his English was, was getting really good. And his little boy comes up, because they had all the schools connected, uh, the middle school, elementary school, high school. And and I was just like, what's this kid's name? know Japanese when I went to Japan. And this, the older kid was just like, oh, he said that your skin is beautiful. And I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> like, I never heard that. Like, no one's ever said that to me unless they're trying to get a date or something. Else, oh, wow. Right? Right, right, right. And like, of course, I'm not going to believe them. But like, but the little <laughs> Japanese kid just out of nowhere just saw me and was just like, because for a lot of the Japanese kids, it was their first time, or Japanese right. people, I should say, first time seeing a Black person or American or a foreigner. Right. And he was just like, oh, your skin is beautiful. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, like, I was like, oh. And I remember that. And I remember feeling like I could be more comfortable in my own skin. Because I, and I know it's a compliment. Like, it's just like, it's just some words, you know. But I'm just like, you have no idea, like, how long I didn't right. know I was waiting to hear that. Yeah. So, right. And, right. Yeah. Some people don't understand that. They're just like, well, why do I have to say like things? Like, why do I have to say I love you? Like, yeah, so I can validate it's me the, or validate yes. our feelings or validate things throughout the time, not just yeah. before we get married. Just once or, a time. Yeah. Or I have a, I have a Japanese <laughs> grandmother and a British grandmother, so there's not a whole lot of affection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like feed me or touch my head or something like tell yeah. me some kind of way no that's amazing i also feel like that like i feel more validated in just in my skin in any part of the world besides america and then i try to come back home and i get stuck at customs um yeah trying to you know come back as an american uh it's so weird how leaving the place that i was born in can be way more like safe comfortable acknowledging my deal or whatever yeah um it's pretty wild i still haven't been to japan though most of my a lot of my family moved to hawaii um but we still deal. i still deal with the uh the hafu or you know hapas aren't really full japanese type of thing so i still still working through that stuff in terms of my identity i definitely think of myself as black before i think of myself as anything else and yet i look like this but that's something we talk about a lot um yeah <laughs> We're all part yeah, of the, the Black Dads, the Black Dad Club. The um, Black Dad Club. <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. that's the way, like, people ask us, like, is it, like, mom or dad? It's like, dad. Regular-ass mix, just like, yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. random when it's, like, mom. It's like, what? Like, yeah. like, whoa, okay. I love you more about your mom. Right, <laughs> and yeah. Speaking of, like, nerding out, at my comic book shop, there's one family where it's a black mom, a Chinese dad, and two little Blasian babies. And the the amount of geeking out I did off of seeing this family, like, it was so <laughs> embarrassing to get that excited about seeing a black mom with an Asian dad. Like, I ended up cornering them on the patio, and we just, like, talked for, like, two hours about, like, you know, them being an interracial couple and the kids being Blasians. And them raising them as nerds and stuff like that too. I just like it was so embarrassing that I got that excited to see a black mom. Never be embarrassed <laughs> for that. Yeah, it was sure. exciting. I'd, I'd be like, hey, do not mess with my mom. Like, yeah. it would be. It would. It's like see. It's like you know, like when you play punch buggy as a kid or something like that. Like you see something, you're just like, oh look, that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. was very excited. It was fun. I 
I've had so many moments abroad, especially in Japan, where I've met like other, like they're Blasian too. Like Mm -hmm. they're either black and Japanese, black and Filipina or or Filipino. uh, And and just like, or black Chinese or black Korean. And I met, meet them and they're speaking in Japanese though because they were raised in Japan. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm just like, in my head, I want to like geek out with them, but then at the same time, like I have to, I'm a teacher, <laughs> you know. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't do that. But like, it's really funny because like I was so when I was in Japan, I was so used to being like the only like black person in the spaces, a lot of spaces, and then I come back to the states. But I was like, like I go to like things like like a like a Filipino American like I don't know conference or something, and I'm like the in San Diego, and I'm like the only. Like by person in the room and i'm just like imposter syndrome ah, you know like and then yeah. i'm like are they gonna say some right. ra- some low-key racist things i don't know how many old world filipinos are here. right <laughs> and so i like think about that and i'm like you know there's some moments where that one blasian person will walk in like late you know i'm like mm-hmm. on pti time okay but like the walk in late and i'm just like finally i know man for the mom yeah yeah or a mom will be like oh my actually like my husband's at home at work and he's black or whatever and we have a little child you know Asian child yeah i'm like oh my god and there's just like and then you see kind of like a shift happen to them as they start talking and stuff and just in their face and it's like can you help me understand my black child yeah. like i was like oh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, i've like, been tempted oh, for that a few times yeah so. and i'm like well uh I, I, I <laughs> So I just tell them like like well I mean don't say racist things obviously but don't like, say racist that things that should be obvious right but it's not learn it's not how bad. to do their hair that's I, check that box okay yes. yeah don't say the racist yeah because you know I'm almost say some low-key racist thing my brother's like what the hell like, you just married a black guy had three children with them like what the hell but anyway yeah. and then um and then too like I was like all right like you need to give those affirmations like you need to tell them like actually say to them positively not like like oh it's just like check off the you know the list Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that they are beautiful that they can be themselves that they are part of the family that they are mixed or whatever you want to call it multiracial multi-ethnic all that stuff they are but it doesn't mean that they're they're just because they're like let's say like half filipino half black doesn't make them half a person it makes them they're they're 200 instead of 100 that means they have two places they can go Um, it's more but, not less yeah like don't don't take away from their experiences give them give them tools yeah. to cope with their experiences so right. and even if you don't understand the black experience you know or even if we don't understand or anyone understands the filipino experience or whatever experience mm-hmm. like just telling them they can be themselves and it's okay at least with you to for them to be themselves that yeah. goes very far it goes really and, far yeah and so just meeting those folks i was like okay here it comes like here comes the oh, nice for or like hair like a lot of it is like yeah. they have a little black girl mm-hmm. or hair and i'm like oh well uh you should learn black hair from a black person don't just grab any old brush please yeah, don't brush. ask before you <laughs> yeah ask before you mm-hmm. <laughs> like please ask in general <laughs> like ask me questions might get you not eaten up the next day like that's <laughs> yes exactly. yeah i i try to um, tell people on my show on my other show militantly mixed like put yourself in places where you are the minority because that's what your kid is going to experience in a lot of cases and you know like 
make sure you're equipped help guide them through those kinds of moments because it's not it's not always easy and um especially like for me to be like a more yellow or ambiguous presenting black identified person um like if my parents at any time had said something to me that like you are both of these things, you know, or something like that. It would have been, a, it would have gone a lot further, but I have a, an actor friend who's black and Chinese, who's in uh, Los Angeles. His name's Ryan Alexander Holmes. He said something on my show one day, and now this is my affirmation across the board that I tell people. It's not that I don't look Asian. It's that you've never seen an Asian that looks like me before or fill or in the blank. Black, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not that I'm not a black Asian. It's just that you've never seen a black Asian that looks like me before. And ever since I heard him say that, I was just like, oh, yes, because we're we're both. We're all these things. We're not we're not just one. And um, it's important, I think, for us to be able to have that kind of validation. And J.D., um, I mean, you're you're making a place where people can actually go and get validated on what it is that they, you know, in their community may not be you know acceptable yeah I, and and i wanted to bring back like the part where you were saying about like people nerd out about basketball and sports you know memorabilia and shoes even sneakers and shoes. Mm-hmm. i mean i do shoes too but yeah. <laughs> you got but, the wall right there <laughs> <laughs> like but, don't pay attention to that right now <laughs> yeah, no, no. um but we're giving them a space to say look there may be other things that I like and I can be comfortable with that. And that's, you're giving them a space to be able to just go there and be like, look, there are other people like me and I can, Oh, look, that person looks like me. And that's, you know, I can see this and that, you know, that's, so that's wonderful. It's really weird because uh, even, even because there are some folks that like they, some people would ask me like, Oh, can I exhibit even though I'm not black? I'm like, yes, as long as you have a black ally, as long as you're an ally, you know, that's totally fine. So like for me, like for my small business, I had my uh, my my husband. He actually came in, but he's like Mexican, and he, but he looks white. Like people think he's some white guy, right? Some tall white guy with a big head. That's know? it. Like, I his, know. I know how that his is. Wife, his wife is Mexican. <laughs> that looks white. <laughs> yeah. And so like, and so he was sitting at the table all lonesome and stuff. I was like, I gotta run around. I'm the lead person, right? And so I have yeah. to run around and stuff. And I remember his dad came, and before like that changed his dad's mind about going into like creative, like the creative side of creative mm. business, like having a business that's creative. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you're artist. You don't sell anything, you know, like things like yeah. that. But that whole room was full of people that are creators, you know? And like, it was like, look, you, the, this is a space for you to see these creatives, whether or not they're successful, they're here. You can see yeah. them. Right. And, and so when my father-in-law saw that he completely did almost like this whole like 180 thing about us having like our own business and like even the career choices that we had mm-hmm. and 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 him and then like even some older like black nerds they even came up to me later on you changed my my the way that i looked at what a nerd was mm, and i was that's like that's amazing wow, you're like in your 60s you're in your 60s and you're telling me that i'm like oh like i <laughs> i don't i didn't know yeah. i teach you that but like yeah. okay but yeah, or like seeing like the little kids and y'all remember the little kids, right? They're so mm-hmm. funny. And I knew some of them too. And when like Darth Vader took off his helmet and yes. he was a black guy. Oh man. Oh man. And some of the, like at first, like the kids, like I knew there's some kids that are scared. I mean, mostly not, not black kids. Like yeah. they're scared. 
but yeah. then at the I, same time, that also showed like, what is, what are your parents and what is, what is media teaching you, you know, yeah. like, you know, your environment teaching you, but then like they get, they see like all the other kids having fun. You're like, well, whatever, who cares? You're just a different yeah. color Power Ranger, right? Like, right. so yeah. like, but they would come up and just start talking to like Black Darth Vader. I mean, he's all in black anyways, but like, yeah. you know, well, Black Darth Vader, you know? I'm like, well, the well, place is black. We know him as black. Yeah, we, yeah. We have, we've always <laughs> accepted him as black. It's, it's not our fault there's a feeble and crusty old yeah. white man under there. I know. Right? You know? Well, he took off uh, his helmet at the end. Uh, yeah. I was like, like dang it. Yes. Like, like, what the hell? He's black. Obviously, he's black. I always be like, wait. Does that make Leia and and and, and uh, Luke mixed? <laughs> like, wait. Hey, they're just real pale. They're like right. <laughs> exactly. So, so Blur Vision like my has daughter. two kids, and he's one of them came out white looking, and one of them came out black looking. We call them rice and beans. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're just they're just two rices. They're just two yes. rices. Two different types of rices. Um, they're still well, good though. They still good. It, it is. <laughs> and she's black as hell. The white one. <laughs> she walks up. And she she's is. Like, <laughs> are you surprised I look white? Um, yeah, she's dope. <laughs> um, those kids are fun. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for yes. extending that original invitation to us because I, I I I feel like we got so much out of that experience and um in any way that we that we're capable of giving back, we you know, we would love to to be able Anytime. to do that because it's been it's been so awesome. Uh why don't you tell everybody how to find um either the Black Nerd Expo or yourself? Um, whatever you want to share. Well, for both, you can just go through, yes, blacknerdsexpo.com. Uh, or if you are looking for social media on Twitter and Instagram, we are Black Nerds Expo, nerds with S at the end. Um, so if you're looking for us, uh, the Black Nerds Expo, you can Google it and find us. So it's pretty nice. easy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you again. I'm definitely going to hit you back up so I can get you on Militantly Mixed too so we can um, talk about being Blasians together. And Blasian oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. together. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I guess that's your turn now. <laughs> My, it, and, it's your and turn. We always, we, we always <laughs> like to say bye at the end of our show. You just got to go along with it. You got to go with it when it happens. All right. Okay, I'll go with that. I'm so here we go. So. <laughs> And like we always do about this time, we like to say bye. Mommy made me mash my M&M. Okay, here we go. Blurred Comics is a main hustle media podcast co-hosted by Mixed Girl Maine and Blurred Vision. Produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson. If you like our show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.